What's up guys, Jeff Cavalier, AthleteNext.com, breaking out the muscle markers yet again to continue the perfect workout series, this time hitting the legs. Now guys, as always in our perfect workout series, what we're trying to do is construct a workout that is damn close to perfect as possible, realizing that there's a, a lot of ways to skin a cat. But if we can choose one way here, what will we do and why will we do it? That's what's most important here. Why are we selecting what we're selecting? And to do that, guys, we always start with the anatomy because we want to understand the function of the muscles we're trying to train. So when we look at the quadriceps, guys, we know that because of the name quadriceps, it's got four components here. It's got a medial component on the inside of the knee called the vastus medialis. We have a lateral component on the outside of the knee called the vastus lateralis. Oh, go figure, we have one in the middle of the knee that's actually not seen here because it's under the muscle that is seen, it's called the vastus intermedius. The one that is seen here is the rectus femoris, and unlike the other three components of the quads, this one does have an attachment above the hip, allowing us to have some function on the hip in terms of its ability to lift yourself into flexion. Now, it's a weak flexor at that, but at least it has something unique about it that we want to make sure that we consider. The other three muscles, though, however, are able to and really good at extending the knee. That is their main focus. They start in the femur, they end across the knee joint. They are able to extend that knee. Now, whether that be when we're sitting down doing a leg extension, I don't like when you do leg extensions, or whether you have your feet in a closed chain environment with your feet in contact with the ground, like in a squat, I like squats, that is going to give you the same opportunity to extend your knee, and we want to make sure we're training that. On the other side, though, we have our hamstrings. And we know with the hamstrings, there's different components to this as well. We have something that's a little bit more medial, we have something that's a little bit more lateral, the biceps femoris on the outside, the semitendinosus on the inside, and then we have even more on the inside, the semimembranosus. A lot of different names, guys, but we have reasons for wanting to approach them in a, in a strategic way, and we're going to do that for you in this workout. And then, of course, guys, you can't always focus on just the sagittal plane. I know that we like to walk and move in this direction, but we cannot ignore the other planes of motion, namely the frontal plane and the transverse plane. And we want to make sure that we're including exercises to do that, because squats alone, no matter how great they are, will not train your hips in that way. So we're going to do exercises to make sure that we're hitting the hips, the glutes, the hamstrings, and the quads. And by the way, guys, there will be no muscle markers for the glutes. I know Jesse volunteered. He's been in these videos naked before. It ain't going to happen, guys. Use your imagination, but I'm going to show you why and how it is so critical that you get the glutes and the hamstrings to function together if you want the perfect leg workout. So with that, let's get started, guys, breaking it all down one by one. All right, guys, so with all of our perfect workouts, we kick this thing off with a good compound exercise, the best when it comes to training the legs, and that is the squat. Now what we do here with the squat is we actually work our way up in a warm-up fashion. And in the warm-ups, guys, I never want you to exhaust yourself in warming up. So to do that, what I recommend is working your way up through some sub-maximal sets. If you can do half of what your working weight is going to be, then about 20% less than what your working weight is going to be, just do a few reps in, with each weight, enough to, we call it, grease the groove, to prepare yourself for the working sets. But what I like to do individually here when it comes to the squat is something we call a touch-up set. And with the touch-up set, we're trying to overreach with about 10% of what we're going to do in our first working set to our five rep max. And what we do is we do this in a box squat. The box squat is going to allow us to get down there, to feel the safety, to have the confidence that we have a bottom point, to give us that biofeedback to know that that's where I'm heading for. Give it a one or two rep touch, come back up, then start your working sets. What does that do neurologically? That overreach allows us to feel more ready and able to attack our working sets with a lighter weight. This, what would normally be our heaviest weight, has now actually become lighter by the performance of that one set. 
Neurologically, it's a powerful tool. So now I go in a 5, 5, 10, 25 format. We're starting with our heavier sets here. And what we do is we work ourselves up to a 10 rep and then a ball busting 25 rep max. Because it's important, guys. Training your legs to higher reps is something you're always going to want to do, if for nothing else, to train your mental fortitude. But we want to get our heavy training in as well, so I like to scale it up in this way. Now, in between sets, one of the best things we can do, as I covered in our perfect back workout, is we have some compression going on because of the axial loading of the squat. We can get a decompression component by just hanging from the bar in between sets for about 30 seconds. Right, you're going to rest about three minutes or so between these work sets, and you move on to the next component here. Now we're going to hit the posterior chain. And we actually have two options here. Number one, the barbell hip thrust. Again, compound movement to hit the glutes and the hamstrings in one powerful movement. And what this exercise does is it allows us to actually load up pretty heavy in comparison to what your option is, and that is the glute ham raise. Now I know not a lot of us have the glute ham raise machine, which takes it off the table right off the bat. But if you do have it, I'm going to explain in a second here why it provides some additional benefits, although at the expense of your ability to load it with a lot of weight like you can the barbell hip thrust. All right, so what we do is, first and foremost, if you choose the barbell hip thrust, your rep sequencing here is 25-10-5-5. We're working backwards. Why are we doing that? 25 reps, guys, when it comes to this movement pattern, the most important thing you can do when you're training your posterior chain is to initiate with your glutes, is to get your glutes to be the main driver of the movement, and then allow the hamstrings to assist. And a lot of us do not have good control over our glutes. We have to face facts. So what we do is we take the lighter weight to start, and we really try to establish that mind-muscle connection, to try to establish that purposeful movement, initiating with the glutes, and then squeezing with the hamstrings. And we could do that with the lighter weight. That allows us to sort of get into the movement pattern. Then as we get more comfortable here, we get locked in, then we want to start to add the weight. So that's why we start high and go low, as opposed to the other side here with the squats. Now if you were to choose the glute ham raise as your alternative, you would still use the same rep scheme, and you'd have to load yourself appropriately to do that. And to do that, guys, you might actually have to use an assisted version, using your hands to creep yourself up during the first portion of this exercise. Or, as you got into the heavier ranges, you might want to include some weight held across your chest to allow you to fail in these heavier ranges. But what is the difference here? The difference is we're actually getting active knee flexion here in the glute ham raise that we're not necessarily getting in the barbell hip thrust. There's a lot more of an isometric component to the knee flexion of the hamstrings in the barbell hip thrust. So you're going to feel this more directly in your hamstrings when you do this exercise. However, you also will feel this in your glutes if you do it right. And that is the driver out of this flex position is the initiation of the move back to the top by squeezing your cheeks together as hard as possible. And again, there's a possibility you might not even need to load this exercise as natural fatigue starts to drop your reps considerably as you go from your first set to your last. But I will say this, because of the fact that you're never going to be able to load as much as you can with the barbell hip thrust, particularly through hip extension, if your goal and your main goal is training for strength, then I would opt towards and veer towards the barbell hip thrust over this alternative. But never overlook the value of this exercise. It is absolutely one of my favorite, especially for athletes. Moving on, guys, one of the things that I preach all the time here, again, as a trainer to athletes, and that is the value of single leg training. You get an additional benefit, especially for athleticism, in training single leg that we want to make sure we do not overlook. And what we do, it actually incorporates a lot more hip stability in that frontal plane, which is what I said, again, I said most people overlook that valuable element. 
opting for all bilateral training. This is one of the things that you get from it. So we do a dumbbell Bulgarian split squat in a high-low fashion. What's that mean? It means that we can load this more through our quads or we can load this more through our glutes and posterior chain depending upon the angle of our torso on the, each repetition. So if I were to drop straight down, I know that I've effectively loaded the quads predominantly on this exercise. And I'm initiating the lift off from the bottom of this exercise through the quads, providing most of the overload there. But if I come back up and then the next rep I go down into what we call the sprinter lunge position, that's actually loading immediately the posterior chain by placing the glutes on an enormous stretch. So what I do is I alternate repetitions to failure. So if I'm doing 12, I have six done straight up, six done bent over, and I'm gonna keep that going. Now, when we're done with these two sets, there's one more thing we wanna do before we call it quits and move on to the next exercise. And that is a bodyweight plyometric version of this exercise. Why? because we know two things are gonna happen here. Number one, you always should try to speed up what you slow down. When you train slow, you eventually become slow unless you try to become more explosive and deliberate with your movements. This is a great opportunity for us to do that. But secondly, back in the intro, I mentioned to you that the different elements of our quadriceps muscles, especially the vastus medialis, its main role there is actually for stability of the knee, particularly in landing situations. So what we can do is we can actually help that. We can try to train that more effectively by including some sort of a jumping exercise, especially a unilateral jumping exercise like this one to make sure that we're not overlooking that key function. And again, it allows us to become a little bit more athletic in our training, which should always be a goal of yours. Now, speaking of that inside area of the knee, one of the things that people have sort of mistaken in terms of training your knee is that terminal knee extension is incredibly important for working or isolating the interior portion of your quad there, that teardrop vastus medialis. That's not actually true, guys. You cannot isolate that area of your quads. However, what you can do is you can influence this ability to contract fully by making sure that you go into full extension. And what we can do here is we can do that not having to jump on a leg extension machine to do it. I prefer closed chain environments where my foot is in contact with the floor. That is how athletes train. So with this setup here, we have a TKA drop lunge. I grab some weights here, I put them in my hand so I have some load, and we can go heavy. And what I do is I put the band behind my knee, and I'm resisting, it's actually pulling my knee forward. When I get up from that drop lunge and I come up to the top, I drive my knee back as hard as possible into full extension. There's no danger, guys, in driving your knee into full extension. There's a myth about lockout being some sort of a damaging component of a joint's function when it's actually a, a, a complete function of a joint. It's to take it through its full range of motion. Do two to three sets with the 10 to 12 rep max in your hands for the drop lunge on each leg, and we continue. So now, guys, now we get into that other component here where, again, a lot of guys' workouts would end here, or they would say that the rest of it is unnecessary. And as a physical therapist, I will tell you that is not the case because I say it all the time, all muscles matter. Just because we want to train quads and hamstrings, it doesn't mean that that's all we have to train or all we should be training. We need to be training the muscles on the inside and outsides of our legs as well, and there's where the adductors come in. So this exercise is an incredible way to do this. It's a dumbbell goblet adductor lunge. And what we're doing is we're basically performing a side lunge, but look at what I'm performing it on. Some sort of a slick surface. Here I have a slick board. You could do this on a floor, on a hardwood floor with your socks on. What you're trying to do is when you drop down, straight down into that side lunge, how are you initiating the return? Don't just pull it or step it back to the middle. What you need to do is you need to pull it and slide it back to the middle, activating those adductors that we looked at again in the beginning of this video on the inside of your leg. 
That is what's driving you up. You're almost squeezing your legs together on the floor as opposed to lifting it. And there's a major difference in terms of the recruitment of the muscles in your legs when you do this. So I want you to do two sets of 10 to 12 on each leg to make sure that we're hitting these key muscles, particularly when we know that we overlook these muscles quite frequently. And then finally, guys, we want to burn this thing out. We've got to make sure that we work on the muscles on the outside, the abductors of the hips. And here's where this hip band ladder finisher comes in really, really well. Now, you're going to hate me for it, I promise you, but what you do is you just take a band, you uh, anchor it against your arms like I'm showing you on the outsides of your feet. Now, the key is not to allow your toes to start drifting and turning outwards because you start to use muscles as a compensation rather than the abductors that we're trying to use here on the hip by doing this this way. Now, what you do is you simply step out in ladder fashion, one step to the right, one step back to the left. Two steps out to the right, two steps back to the left. Three steps out to the right, three steps back to the left all the way until you reach a ladder of 10. Now you will be burning in an incredibly bad way by the time you're done, but it should be a great indication to you of something. There's not a lot of resistance here and you're burning like hell. Why is that? Because these muscles are chronically weak. Make sure you add at least one of these. If you want to be psychotic, you can add a second round of this as well, but make sure you don't overlook this. It's a key aspect of completing the perfect leg workout. So there you have it guys, another perfect workout in the books. As you can see here guys, all sets and all the reps laid out for you as promised so you can follow along and try this for yourself. I'm telling you, if you haven't done this already guys, you're in for a treat. Or, or at least you're going to hate me and that would be a good thing because you're going to feel things you never felt before. You're going to train like an athlete. You're not going to overlook any of the muscles that need to be trained here if we're going to actually call something a perfect leg workout. Guys, if you're looking for the rest of the workouts in this series, the first thing you need to do is make sure you're subscribed to this channel and you turn on your notifications so you never miss one of the videos when they're published. In the meantime, if you're looking for a step-by-step -step program that lays all of it out, step-by-step -step with the science book behind the exercise selections as we have here in the reason why we do what we do. All those are built into all of our programs. They're available over at athletics.com. If you found the video helpful, guys, make sure you leave your comments and thumbs up below. Let me know what else you want me to cover, and I'll do my best to do that for you in the days and weeks ahead. All right, guys. See you soon.